Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And it was a cold, sad night at the MCG. Although not too sad because we're in the privileged position of being able to go to the football. But geez, the performance of the men in the red and black really warmed our hearts. But the performances of the maggots in yellow did not. But before we get into that, who have we got here tonight? I'm here. Laura's here. Um, contra- oh, not controversially. What's the word I'm trying to say? Just to prove that I don't only pop up after a win. I'm back. <laughs> oh, Maddie I'm V. Back. I'm back. I'm back after a week off, week hiatus. I can't leave it in my little brother's hands anymore. He is... Uh, too much yawning on the pod. Oh, my God. Yeah, mate. He, he doesn't give me money. He's like, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so, yep. Nah, I'm, I'm being unfair to him. Um, no, good to be good, back. He's got some good insight. He does. He's a, he is an intellectual. Just uh, needs a little bit of pep in his step. <laughs> say it to his face out there. I will. Don't you worry. I don't say anything behind his back that I have not said to his face. Yeah, mm. it's not like he could listen to this podcast or that he does. No, it's, it no. is not like this will actually be the it. ultimate test. If he does, in fact, listen to it, yeah, he will uh, take us up. I but, reckon. Uh, no, he's alright. You're right. He has some fantastic insight. He's a quite a knowledgeable, intelligent uh, young man. He's I taught far, him everything yeah. he knows. Far too intelligent <laughs> for me. That is for sure. <laughs> he probably he probably think I'm trying to insult him by saying that, but no, being genuine. No. How no. can how can one human being be so intelligent? But at the same time, be so dumb. <laughs> When's he been that dumb? Like, give us a. He's just, he's just a space cadet sometimes. He just does stupid things. It's, uh, it's, he's a human, a human conundrum. He's a riddle wrapped in an enigma. He's definitely an enigma, that Nikki. Oh, he's but, of a kind. But he you is. know what? We wouldn't have him any other way. No, no, we wouldn't. Some would say two very unique characters. Uh, in one. In one. In one. No, uh, uh, yeah, but I was referring to myself uh, and him, or him and myself, him and I. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you two came from the same parents, if I'm honest. Is that, Com- uh, I don't know, a no, diverse like, gene pool? Well, yeah, true that. Who's, who's, who's that lookalike of your dad? What's his name? Albano. Oh, if you're listening to this pod and you want to see what Maddie's dad looks like as as a spitting image, just Google Albano. That's e- E-L space B-A-N-O. No, it's actually uh, A-L. Is it? Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it means voice of a great Italian angel. <laughs> Not sure about that, but yeah, let's roll with yeah. it. Let's roll well, my, dad's, um, my dad's Sicilian, so... He- could be any sort of, uh, could be a bit of Greek, a bit of Turkish, a bit of, a bit of this, a bit of that. Although could be, yeah. you're probably referring to Albano there. So. Yeah, yeah, that's anyway, right. Well, that's right. Um, also butchering the pronunciation of that name. Um, Albano. Yeah, you basically may as well be saying that, if I'm honest. Me? No, no, no. But Well, both both of you, but... Bang. Well, how do you say it, Laura? No, I, I'll um, just reserve the um, the... The right to not comment. I think we found the music theme for this episode, by the way. Anyway, I'll get to that when I get into post-production. Yeah. Do you know who else has the voice of an angel? Who? Little Stevie. Stevie G celebrated his 18th birthday on Friday. Now, he is a man of many talents. Man of he many is. talents. Absolutely. You, his clothes are so outrageous that you can see them from the other side of the MCG. True story, that one. I did mm. like a, a half, well, three-quarter empty MCG, which meant that you could spot your friends out from, or family out from the um, other side of the ground. Probably mm. the highlight of my night, really. Yeah, I had a different highlight, but we'll get to that when we get to the game. But um, it's always nice to be able to spot someone else. But we were very mm. lucky being able to go to a game. It was kind of a bit eerie, wasn't it? Not having much of a crowd at the G and not having to push your way through people to get off the train. It was it was bizarre. It was, but also felt very privileged to be there. Like you felt like you're a bit of a VIP. Mm. Well, that's well, true. Oh, sorry. I didn't want to cut you off there. 
No, no, continue. Okay, you go. I was going to say, well, you know, we speak about uh, privilege and actually, first thing, uh, shout out to Stevie G. He's a, he's a traditional gentleman, Stevie Is G. he? He oh, is definitely a gentleman, Stevie he's G. He's a pretty real traditional, sharp, just the epitome of gentleman. He will, he's a fantastic young man. But uh, I agree with you, Maddie. He's going to make some young lady very happy one day. Or young man. Or young or, man. Yeah. Any, but any, can any, confirm yeah, young lady. Is correct on this show, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although it's, it's I mean, it's yeah, it's not about politics there, is it? It's just a genuine correct. Um, but anyway. <laughs> we we um, digress. We digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not here to talk. Uh, talk Relationship anything. status. Yeah, yeah. Stevie G's preferences. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Um, he is uh, definitely free to do as he pleases, and we will support him. In and love him either uh, way. Yes. I, I, this, this took a very unexpected. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, yeah, we're just giving a birthday shout out. This just kind of went down a rabbit hole that I don't think anybody was prepared for. Reel yeah. it in. Reel it in. I was uh, going back to the topic of privilege, and I did. Feel uh, privileged to be there, absolutely. Until uh, our seats were actually in front of. Uh, it's not the medallion. It was. Okay. Well, it's it's a Jim Stein's grill. Ah, okay. The front of the Jim Stein's grill, and obviously being a Melbourne game, a fair few Melbourne fans in attendance there. And uh, wow, we the the stereotype is true. <laughs> I mean, you talk privilege, and uh, you know, it's just. Uh, I mean, I think we went to the Lavazza coffee stand and some Melbourne supporter was asking for cashew milk. <laughs> he was. <laughs> and you know he was a Melbourne supporter because he looked like he was dressed from the op shop. And surely the one team scarf that he found there was a Melbourne one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you know, definitely the, uh, he's the real modern uh, inner suburban hipster. Mm. Um, but, but a lot of... Uh, a lot of cheese lot boards... Of- yeah, but a lot of upper class, just uh, you know, uh, dressed to the nine, sort of in the in the Jim Stein's grill. They just look without looking at the scarf. You just knew they were Melbourne supporters. Um, so they they just are a, private school wankers. Yeah, so, like uh, like like who would yeah yeah yeah. Speaking of though, that stereotype. Then what is like? What's the Essendon supporter stereotype? Good looking, charming. <laughs> Polite, friendly, intelligent, um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. It's actually probably that uh, we blame everyone but ourselves and the entire league is corrupt and against us. It's true though. That's the modern stereotype, but that's not the (laughs) traditional stereotype. What would the traditional stereotype be? I think traditional stereotype is a bit toffee as well because Essendon's traditionally a, a wealthy suburb. Yeah, right. Didn't know that. Yeah, I think. I don't know for sure. Um, ben Rutten seems to talk about, you know, the working class roots of Essendon, but um, I'm not sure that that's the case. Yeah. Well, you look at uh, you know, Paul Brasher and he doesn't, uh, I'm sure he's, you know, put in his fair share of hard yards over the years, but uh, the way he speaks, very, um, very proper and... Uh, uh, I get the traditional, vibe... Traditional is another word to say. I get the vibe that Paul Brasher, in the privacy of his lounge room, goes off like I do. I don't even think he does that in the privacy of his lounge room. I reckon I can see him in a in a box at the G, losing his mind. If if there was two people that I could watch a game of footy with, sitting next to, apart from you two, of course, uh, number one would be Brian Taylor, and number two would be Mr. Paul Brasher. Really? Above James Hurd, above... I've Kevin watched footy Shady. with James Hurd. You haven't watched footy with him. You've taken a wee next to him. Same, him. same. It was at the footy. That's probably a good story. Claim to fame, this one. He's, he's haven't spoken, we already spoken about this? We have not spoken about this no, on the pod. Oh, this was the night that um, Matthew Lloyd was um, captain and he absolutely poleaxed um, Chad Corns in the um, the Heritage Port Adelaide jumper. Um, and he, it was, I remember this night, because they'd kicked us out of like two, the last two final series. We hadn't beaten them in about four or five years, and Matthew Lloyd just came out and just went bang, and he ended up kicking like um, 
seven or eight goals or something. He just went nuts. Um, anyway, I go to the toilet at quarter time and I'm standing at the urinal and I look look next to me and this is a big blonde man. And take a second, looks like Sir James Heard. I thought there were I, rules about looking at other people at the urinals. I'll tell you what, I'm glad. I, I didn't look down, I looked up. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'm glad the stream had started because there was no way any pee was leaving with James Heard next to me. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought maybe, you know, the stream was obviously pointed down. Then you saw James Heard and it sort of just started to rise a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it started to rise, hit the roof. Right of. Do you want to know your missed opportunity? Like you could have challenged him to a sword fight. Sword fight, sword fight. Definitely could have. Does that actually uh, happen in urinals? Yeah, when like, you're like I mean, six years old. I mean, like with strangers. Like if one in, time, if you're in a nightclub, like would you say to the guy next to you, "Hey, like sword fight? How about it?" What, what time? What time are we talking? Uh, one a.m. Funny you should oh. say that. I was actually, uh, I was actually at a nightclub. This was years ago with Mario Costi, and we were the only ones in the uh, in the toilet. And we're standing at the urinal weeing, and we're like, "Hey, Mario." And he goes, what? I go, sword fight, sword fight. So we start having this sword fight and these two blokes run in and just give us the most bizarre look as if it's not a normal thing to do when you're in your 20s. I don't think it's a normal thing to do. It's definitely a normal thing to do. Gosh. I got no way. <laughs> anyway, we don't, if anyone's still listening, <laughs> they'll probably want to hear some footy talk, right? Possibly. I mean, what about f- one listener? Yeah, our one listener. By far the most intriguing opening segment. We're back. We We're are back. back. We're back with a vengeance. So speaking speaking of being back, let's go away. Let's have a bit of a break. And then when we come back, we'll have a chat about the game. So before the break, who knows what we were talking about? Could have been anything. Uh, weeing, sword fights with James Hurd, Lloydy polaxing Chad Corns. Anyway, let's get into the demoralisation demoralizing game that we saw on Saturday night. I don't know if I'd call it demoralizing. Like, you know, that's a bit dramatic. Mm. It looked, I, I was pleased to an extent with the performance. Mm. I thought, yeah, there were towards the end, especially some very obvious, terrible skill errors, but overall, like it was quite a good game. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot to like. It, it, look, it showed that we, and this has been in the media as well, that we are, we are a good side, but we're not a genuine contender side as yet, which mm. is far, you know, far ahead where I thought we'd be. Uh, probably, uh, it's not twelve months ago, but nine months ago or so. So, mm. lots of like of the game, uh, but some some clear areas to uh, to shore up. Um, but mm. I'm sure we'll get into that. So, mm. so yeah. if we look at the stats for the game, we beat them in every statistic, apart from the one that counts. Num- number. We'll get to that. Number <laughs> of kicks. They had six more inside fifties than us. Uh, our disposal efficiency was better. Their efficiency inside fifty was six percent better. They had four more free kicks than us, and they had 17 more hitouts than us. Uh, and they had 29 more contested possessions. Every other category, we beat them in. So uncontested possessions, um, stoppage clearances, centre clearances were even, um, total clearances were on top, uh, handballs, and total disposals we were on top. So we beat them in the majority of statistics. And when you consider that they are top of the ladder and we are 10th, to be that close for the whole game is a significant effort. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting how they, you know, we had eight, nine. So we had uh, 17 scoring shots and they had 23, mm. um, but had so little of the ball. Um, mm. Having said that, I think, I reckon they worked out. Mm, so do I. Um, I yeah, I, I think they've been worked out. Yeah, I don't think we had the firepower to match them. Um, but I think teams are starting to figure them out. They looked vulnerable at times. I What I really like, this is one of my likes, is I really like that we came in with a clear game plan and we stuck to that game plan for the entirety of the contest. And it was only through some... They got three deplorable goals from disgusting decisions. One of the um, the 100-meter penalty and then the the um, free kick in the goal square when um, I think it was Stewart clearly just spoiled the ball. They paid a knocking the arms and there was a couple of others that um, to consider, I mean, they were inaccurate, but our defense was strong enough to give them poor shots at goal. Um, Mm. So when you consider that they got three goals from really quite dodgy free kicks and only ran out by 11 points. And also that two very obvious free kicks were missed for us in our forward 50. Well, there was two obvious free kicks. There was a very obvious 50-meter penalty that was missed late in the game when Hibbard didn't give the ball back to Stringer. He mm. gave it to Langford. That's a clear 50-meter penalty. It's just, it's flat out. If you don't well, give it back to the appropriate more, player on the... It's much more clear than the one against, I think it was Harry Jones. Um, Archie where, Perkins, Or Archie yeah. Perkins, where he um, what ran around the wrong side or something or ran too close so, to him to get back onto the mark, like something ridiculous like that. Look, I... This... This performance was so bad. I I genuinely think whoever that number twelve umpire was, I genuinely think that he needs to be investigated by the anti-corruption. Like he was, he was really poor. Anyway, I digress. That is not why we lost. That the reason we lost is because we, for small patches of the game, we lost our way, and we continued to bomb the ball into fifty when we should have been lowering our eyes. I think they just, yeah, definitely. Like they did a lot of big high kicks into the 50 that they just were getting outmarked on. Well, that's what Melbourne wants you to do. Yeah. Is they want you to bomb it in. Well, we've kind of fell into that trap, didn't we? Yeah. And and for a young team to, for the majority of the game, not do that, um, I was really pleased with their ability to take uh, change the game plan to suit their opposition and and really execute it almost to as well as you could hope. Yeah, uh, that was actually my like as well. So you've you've stolen that off me. Um, mm. But no, definitely agree. I think uh, to show the maturity to go out and change your way of playing to suit the opponent and their strength. Um, Definitely, you know, we haven't seen that in a while. Um, I I did think, however, um, we probably struggled to take risks at times just because we wanted to play a certain way, mm. um, which will come, you know, and I think we're actually able to recognize at parts of the game, hey, uh, we need to score and we need to take some risks or, mm. um, hey, we're behind we need to roll the dice. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I, I thought it was, there was a, sh- a sign of maturity there and tactical sort of astuteness um, that I was very pleased with. Well, here's, here's an alternate view, right? I reckon, and, and I, you know, this is not to, this is just to, to give a different perspective. Uh, potentially because Melbourne was so well set up, perhaps the undisciplined thing would be to fall into old habits and just take the game on because you feel like you need to try and make something happen, right? Whereas what I was pleased with was the discipline of the team to go, no, we're not just going to give it to Hindy and get him to try and run past six people because they're set up really well. So we're just going to be patient and we're going to hold it and hold it. And then you get your experienced players like Stringer, who on multiple occasions then saw the opportunity once he got the ball in his hands to then go for a run and take the game on and, and have a shot. Um, so that's just, that was perhaps the way I looked at it is that not that we didn't take the game on when we should have, but when we were mature enough to realize that that 
we didn't need to really go that hard at that point, and it was appropriate to to keep playing the game plan. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I'm talking about you know uh, we're probably actually thinking back. We probably did this okay, but you know last quarter. Um, as much as you want to avoid the long down the line, um, it doesn't really suit us if we're holding possession three goals down, you know, with a half mm. of a quarter to play. That's when we've yeah. sort of got to find ways to roll the dice a little bit more. Credit to Melbourne, mm. though. I mean, they, they set up fantastically behind the ball. And it's great to sit on level two and be able to actually watch it all unplay, unfold. Mm. Yeah, I never actually really appreciated too much the whole level two thing. I know... Um, Nick has been all about sitting on level two, but even in, I remember in the first quarter um, sitting up there and you could really see all of like the back line and how they were set up and what they were trying to do. It was actually really cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people talk about, they love sitting even higher on level three because you, you see the whole ground at once, whereas still on level two, if it's on, if you're in the position we were, which is sort of essentially almost behind the goals, the other side of the ground, you don't get you get a much better view than level one, but not quite as good as as seeing the whole ground at once. Um, but you do see a little bit more of the action than you would higher up. But yeah, it was it was great to see the setup behind the ball. But I think also we did create those opportunities. Even in the last quarter, we created the chaos ball. We just weren't rewarded for our tackles and for our pressure. We you know a couple non holding the ball decisions and. Um, a couple other, a couple opportunities missed as well. Um, mm-hmm. We it was an almost game. We almost knocked off the top spot, but um, but for a little bit of luck, which seems to be our lot this year. Yeah, so I'd have to disagree. I, I think we struggled to deal with uh, May or Lever as we looked mm. to take the game on more. Um, yeah, and credit to you know Melbourne do a fantastic job of getting them in positions to mark the ball. Um, but I, I really think, like, when we... I, I guess, you know, just, you just got to do your damage against Melbourne early. Otherwise, uh, you're not coming back late because they just set up too well against a risky kick or, like, you know, a bit of a chaos ball. Um, mm. But I, I thought we struggled to deal with that. Hmm. I, I thought Hooker did an admirable job on, on Stephen May for most of the game. Um, I thought Lever got off the chain a little bit. Um, but again, you, we know that you don't want to give him that opportunity. But the, the signs are really promising. If we can do that in, in what's potentially the first year of Ben Rudden's coaching tenure, imagine how we can adapt to different teams next year and the year after when we're actually really pushing to go deep into finals. It's, it's an exciting time to be a Bombers fan, I think. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I guess it doesn't help Hooker's case that he's a fairly slow operator. Um, mm. So it's not like May, like May could play him pretty assertively like he wanted and just sit in front of him. Mm. Um, and he knew that he could make up ground on him. Mm. So it wasn't like he had to respect him you know, from the fact that if this guy gets in front of me, I can't catch him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, full credit to Melbourne. They just stuck it out, played their way, and they, they've got a fantastic defensive system. Like I don't mm. think you can argue that. No, I think it's really good. Really, really good. Yeah. No, Laurie, got any likes? Oh, my big like, Harry Jones and his contender for goal of the year. That was a cracker. Such a good goal. Poor Maddie had gone to get food, missed it, but ah. um, what a goal that was. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. I have to uh, tell my story. Oh my Please. God. That was going to be my dislike, Maddie. Ah, <laughs> go with go, it. Go for it, though. So I, uh, <laughs> we play football during the day. Uh, had I had dinner at that point? No, I hadn't. You hadn't had, had, though. You came straight um, from footy, didn't you? Yeah, I got home and, and pre- yeah, just didn't, didn't eat. So we'll get something later. Um, oh, this is devastating. And, uh, yeah, no. So we got there pretty much at the start of the game, like the first bounce. Mm. So like, yeah. all right, well, can't uh, can't eat now. Anyway, so I uh, got the quarter time. Waited to the end of the quarter time break just to make sure there was no rush. I so just get in, get out. Anyway, go get my food. I uh, got myself a little burger and the uh, chicken strips and chips. I think 
Uh, anyway, so to get to a seat, because it was empty, uh, it made more sense for me to go to the row behind and step over the seats into my seat. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm resting my uh, my burger in my hand and then the strips and chips on top. I've uh, stepped over my seat, a uh, little slide, oh, and bang right to the, the people in front of me, which thankfully happened to be uh, Nick and Nick. But uh, not the way, not the way I wanted to start the second quarter. Gosh, no that, way! If that was me, there would have legit been tears. I was so that that chicken looks so delightful. Looks so. I do rate a chicken. And... I do rate a chicken and chips at the MCG. Mm. It is really good. They do they do a good basting mm. on it. Yeah, I or like good, it. Um, good coating, I should say, not basting. Like that yeah. is enough to just ruin your night, isn't it, Maddie? Yeah, it's better no, than anything really. you get in the Jim Stein's grill, that's for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. Ooh, no cheese. Yeah, it's uh, it's better than cheese board. Um, <laughs> and I luckily have a, a lovely cousin who who told everyone she was going to the toilet and brought back some strips and chips. So I think that was. Oh, uh, Got to look oh. after you, Maddie. Yeah, you do. Thank you very much. But uh, yeah, no, uh, that's uh, that was my night. I actually, probably summed up. The night, didn't it? It really did, actually. It, it thought, really like did. we thought we were being smart, play a certain way. I thought I was being smart going at the end of this, at the end of the quarter time break. Uh, thought I was being smart by jumping over the chair or stepping over the chair, and then just ended in disaster. Well, you, really, you know, I I'm think that you were you were being smart with your your timings. The problem was that you were like balancing it precariously mm. on top. Two slippery surfaces. Should have used your two hands, mate. Yeah, no, uh, no. What did I have in my other hand? Something. You had a I burger. Can... No, no, no. He was balancing the chicken and chips on top of the burger. That was the problem. And also, uh, like, must have been must have been a power rate or something. Also, a little ginger after a game of footy. Mm. Like your motor skills are probably not optimal at that point in time. Well, they're not optimal at, at the best of times. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I thought mate, it was a bit, uh, uh, was it foreshadowing or it was a good analogy for the night? Just absolutely. Uh, and to top it off, you miss goal of the year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, oh, well. so, uh, dislike of mine, the man with a lady's name, according to the crowd, <laughs> Bailey Fritch. Yes. Yes. What, what a disgusting dog act to push someone into a goalpost. There's actually been no talk about this through the media. There's, he hasn't been cited. He's just gotten away with it. Mm. Like he, he, if he'd pushed him into the fence, what's the difference apart from the velocity and the, the potential for injury? That was a really hard hit as well. Like you could hear that from level yeah, two. Yeah, from level two. That it was, was disgusting. It was actually sickening that hit. Yeah, yeah, and like and to not even have a free kick paid. Like surely getting pushed into a post is a free kick, and then they get that chair. I didn't even see them kick a goal because I was so worried about Nick Hind. Yeah, that was it was actually really scary to watch. Like, it made me feel sick. Yeah, yeah, not on. Yeah, it didn't look like it tickled. Uh, but mm. is it actually uh, a an offence that would warrant a free kick? Or, like, is there any in the rule book you cannot push your opponent into well, the goal in the rule. Well, there's something in the rule book that says you cannot push your opponent in the back like he did. Was it in the to back? Push it. Well, it looked like in the back to me. It was right in front of us. Okay. I thought it was more on the side. But 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 there's a... As far as I understand, there is a... Isn't there like caveat a rough, in the, rough conduct or something? Potential to cause injury. Mm. Yeah. There's a... And like, just use some common sense. That's a really dangerous thing to do. Surely it's worth stopping the play for that. Yeah, it just kept going. Yeah, disgusting. But that was old number 12 down that end. Probably told yeah. him to do it. Yeah, it probably did. Mr. Fritch, Bailey Fritch, the uh, man with a toothbrush as a haircut. <laughs> and the other, uh, a second dislike added to this is that no one really remonstrated with Bailey Fritch. No one really, I mean, they were checking on Nick Hind, but no one got him cheap later, nothing like that. I, I didn't like that. If, so, if that was my team and I was, um, and I'd seen someone do that to my teammate, I would absolutely have hit them behind the play. Well, maybe though, like, we were seeing it differently from up there. Like, maybe it wasn't a push. Because you could argue if you watched it again, like... It was... We watched the replay. It yeah, was a push. True. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah, see, I, 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 I would, uh, you know, 
if you're going to go and get him, hit him behind the play, there's cameras everywhere. You, you're going to get done for weeks. That would probably cost Worth the it. team more. So, yeah, give him a little rough up and, and let him know about it. But, uh, no, nah, don't get yourself suspended. I would have I would have absolutely got weeks. <laughs> of course you would. Yeah, you should have done a Lloydie, just, just retire from there. And... <laughs> just retire. Just get weeks and, and yeah. I'm done. I'm yeah. done. Uh, but um, d- dislike, probably oh, accuracy in front of goals. I reckon uh, we, I mean, Melbourne squandered a few, but uh, I reckon we should have put a few more away. I re- you know, Melbourne lost shots. I don't know if they were high percentage uh, set shots, uh, but I reckon we missed a few that you'd want to get six, if not seven days of the week. Mm. Um, ticket, you know, string a late, tip a late. Um, I really feel really our yeah, biggest weakness this year is actually our forwards. Oh, there's no, there's no question. Our forward line is the the worst part of the ground this year so far, mm. and that's so we, not that's sorry. not to um, you know, to insult them, but. A lot of our plans were disrupted with Hurley's hip infection. Hooker spent the whole preseason down back. Hurley was going to be the, the focal point up forward. Peter Wright, first year at the club. Harrison Jones, essentially a, a first-year player. Um, and then you've got Tipper carrying the smalls. Alec Waterman, first year at the club. So it's it's a new forward line. People talk about the back line being new. The back line's been playing together in the VFL for years and years and years. Um, but the forward line needs to find its chemistry. Yeah, and we gutted it. We turned I, all our yeah. good forwards into defenders. I think that's what I mean, right? Is like you, you can see the backs and the mids like have a, a bit of like chemistry and they have a like they have a yeah, a real chemistry and, and they work really well together, whereas the forwards just seem a little bit lost. So it's not like any one person having a terrible season. It's more just that they don't look like they're really gelling that well together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, th- and that'll come. Yeah, I was going to say, is it the modern game now that, uh, look, I think teams have slightly adjusted to the new rules. Um, like in terms of, I'd, I'd love to see if the, the average scores are a bit lower now than what they were at the start of the year. Um, they were actually talking about that yesterday on the Sunday footy show, saying that since... Um, I don't know, whenever they brought in the new rules, like at the first half of the season, there was a lot of um, teams kicking over 100 points. And now since then, there's only been, I think, three. Yeah. Since they brought in the new rules. So, yeah, there was a lot of talk yesterday on the footy show about that. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um, Because I think teams are getting better at defending. So it used to be, you know, really defend that 45 kick, force them down the line. And now it's like... Yeah, defend that one, but you're probably going to give it up, get enough numbers back, well, particularly the way Melbourne plays, get numbers back and make it really difficult to score that way just by having a contested forward line. And also the umpires are calling play on a lot quicker from someone and for almost no movement off the line. So they're, um, they've adjusted the way that they're adjudicating the man on the mark rule a little bit too. Um, but you're right. They often we see them ignore them, like standing on the mark, just to push that extra number back. So I think, yeah, you're correct. Teams have adapted really well. Oh yeah, I'm not saying they ignore the man on the mark. I'm saying they prioritise numbers back. Oh, it depends on the team as well. But it seems to be a, the way you defend it now is just get numbers behind the ball rather than try and clog up the corridor. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. We're, we're um, kind of using different terminology for the same oh, thing. Oh, right, right. Sorry, sorry. Um, but uh, where is I going with that? So, uh, with the forward line, sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't help that, you know, we had two of our, well, I'm going to say best forwards, but highest potential forwards. We didn't get a lot out of them uh, over the past mm-hmm. uh, year or two. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it doesn't help when you have, you know, some 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 real capability to leave the forward line. Um, mm. And then you're sort of and- left to make shift. Um, but, yeah, sorry, my point was it seems teams are really prioritizing how they defend and then uh, how you attack and that sort of thing isn't getting as much work. And I feel like that's what the focus was uh, this weekend was let's keep Melbourne 
to a really low score, which we did. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, probably struggled. I mean, we did struggle to score the other way, but I think that's by design almost. Mm. Well, and the other thing is, you know, it, it was better this week, but I think we're still lacking that extra speedy small forward. And mm-hmm. there's talk that Snelling will be back in this week. And yeah. also you've got to consider that um, that we're missing Irving Mosquito, who would have had, I think, had he not done his knee, he would be having an equally exciting season as we're getting out of Harrison Jones and Nick Cox and Archie Perkins. Mm, yeah, He really. would have just been pl- playing every week. 100%. Yeah, really. I really hope he returns. I really mm. do. Um, he is an enigma for sure. Mm. But um, but overall, I thought amongst the performances, really, I don't think anyone had a particularly bad game. Um, Hooker didn't really get on the end of much, but I, you could see that his role was to actually nullify Stephen May. Um, so I'm not too worried about his performances just yet. We'll see how he goes this week against Geelong. Um, everyone else had patches where they did some good stuff. You know, yeah. Peter Wright kicked a nice goal. Uh, Harry Jones, I thought, had a really good game for being our worst possession gatherer. I thought he, you know, he had a good game. Nick Cox, he, he's looking a bit tired. Maybe a week off is, is probably the best thing for him. But again, he, he did some nice things. Did he have one a few nice weeks things. back or he was he, the sub no, and then he got played? No, he was supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, he got yeah. subbed in. So I thought Zerk Thatcher, that was probably his best game for the year. He did have a good um, game, yeah. Still, still one or two brain farts, and I can see the deficiencies that they want him to work on. But overall, I was pretty happy with him. Um, yeah, I, I thought really for for losing a game, I can't see anyone that was actually terrible. And Zach Merritt, Darcy Parish doing their above thirty-five disposal things with Merritt at forty-one and Parish at thirty-seven. Um, so I thought across the board we. A lot to like about our performance, apart from getting the chocolates. Mm. Agree, definitely. Yeah, I'm just looking through the stats now. Um, Mac Welfie just grinding with 12 handballs and nine tackles. That is just. Mm. Uh, I would love to see. Is he got? Can I? I'm trying to get contested possessions here. Um, that was his best game for the year. You reckon? Do you think? Yeah. No, nah, he had one earlier. Earlier this year, that mm. that game when he came on as the sub. Uh, against West, was it West Coast that he came on as Giants? Side? I think Giants, Giants yeah. yeah. No, I think I think this was a more complete game. I I was happy with the effort from Guelphie for sure. Thought Devin Waterman, Smith was better. Waterman had Devin a pretty terrible better. game. Even then, he bobbed up. Right, he's, he's had thirteen touches and bobbed up for late in the game. He took a couple of crucial marks and that. I don't think he had a terrible game. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. It was a bit. That's MIA. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone had a really a shocker. You know, yeah, oh, I reckon. Yeah, pains me to say it, but yeah, Coxie, uh, ten meters gained, seven seven disposals for a wingman. Mm. Uh, yeah, not. I mean, he was drew for a bad one, wasn't he? First year um, player. No, he's absolutely, tired. absolutely. Yeah, I reckon he's definitely feeling the pinch for sure. Mm. Um, encouraging signs from Ham. Uh, yeah, Guelph. He he uh he definitely hustled. Jake Stringer mm. just saying, give me a contract. Yeah. Give well, I don't, it, it sounds like, though, it's not that they're not giving him a contract. It sounds like maybe he might be wanting bigger bucks. No, it's it length. Yeah, I think yeah. he wants, yeah, length. Mm. So, and look, it'll get done. There's no, he's not leaving. Well, where the else is he going to go? Stay. Carlton, like Sard. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He'll stay. Yeah, I thought even, yeah, I thought probably all of our young guys were pretty, like Perk. Perk was okay, but um, yeah, not his. Well, not I mean, his, yeah. they they weren't terrible, right? And they were playing the top side. No, absolutely, no, no. They, yeah, uh, I think yeah, Coxie probably got found out a bit. Um, but even yeah, Jones not probably got shown that yeah, like in a boys to men contest yeah. there. But look, you probably you learn a lot from that, and Do you know they'll be better about, for it. About this game. And mm. I know we, we had a, a little chat about this, Nick G. I just felt like the game was really stagnant. You know, I really liked the excitement of people running and just overall it was a very stagnant game. Mm. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it as a tactical purist. Mm. It was interesting in that regard, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, because, I mean, it's not often that you dominate disposals 
Um, you lose free kicks. I'm just looking. Uh, dominate clear or win clearances, um, and still lose the game. It's very mm. interesting, and you somehow lose the mark uh, differential by twenty. Like it mm. just, it doesn't. That's it, really you, weird. You You've could had see that they had lost the marks, though. You could. That was very obvious on the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, like, it's just an interesting. Uh, it's yeah. not something you see too often. Like you have more of the footy, but you lose the marks by that much. Like you, someone's going to do it. It's going to be the bombers. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's just our Melbourne play. I mean, that, yeah. yeah, they cause us to have 12 more turnovers. So, mm. um, yeah, that, it's, it's a really interesting – It's inter- it was interesting to what – you're right. As a tactical purist, it, it was interesting game for sure. As a, as a non-tactical um, football supporter, slightly boring. Hmm. Nah, well, agree. we've been going for about 40 minutes now, so why don't we take a little bit of a break and – when we come back in, let's have a chat and look ahead to our game against Shalom. Sounds good. So before the break, we were discussing the disappointing loss to Melbourne and now we look ahead to the next part of our big test and we have to head down the highway to that terrible stadium GMHBA to take on the Geelong Cats. What do you guys think? I'm just wondering if um, Maddie's going to use his favourite word as we preview the next game. Do you think this one's a yardstick game, Matthew? <laughs> Uh, that, no, that word's I don't. been missing in the last couple of weeks. I don't. I don't. It's quite clear we're not up to it in terms of the best teams in the league. Um, like we've we got smoked by Brisbane, we got smoked by Port Adelaide, uh, beaten by Melbourne. Even if we beat Geelong, seventy five percent of potentially the top four sides we've lost. Um, so no, I don't think it's a yardstick game. I think we know where we're at. I've got a good feeling about this week. Yeah, I feel like we might the get the W. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's it's youth v uh, youth v old men. Old age, men. yeah, age. The uh, retirement home down in Geelong. Um, Do you know what is really annoying about Geelong is their bloody chant Geelong, G like it doesn't even fit. It's is un- it worse than? Kanga, Kanga, Kanga. Oh, stop. Roo, roo, roo. Well, hang on. You can't. You can't. Where we like, we have like three cinnamon. Three. Th- yeah, it, got, it fits. S and Three cinnamon. Three cin- cinnamons. Or syllables, is it? Three syllables. syllables. Yeah. It fits S in the chat. And you're going to be teaching the nation. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I am uh, trained in the arts of physical education and mathematics and not English. Um <laughs> But uh, or well, yeah, it fits in the chant. Three syllables. Gee, look, but actually, there's a time when the chant goes that we leave off the N and we just go Essendon. Essendon. There was someone next to me the other day saying Essendon. Like, how does that even happen? There's clearly an N there. Yeah, but it's it's you just skip over it. Fair, but still three. Anyway, you got you don't have enough time. Anyway, let's talk about this Geelong match, you nuff nuffs. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. Enough about chance. I think with Geelong over the last few years, it goes one of two ways: they beat us by seven goals, or we beat them by seven goals. They're never close. That's mm. true, actually. I reckon we're their bunny. Oh, uh, you mean they're it. our bunny? Oh, they're our bunny. Yeah, either way, well, you know what I'm saying. We what always you, we tend to mean? just. What does that mean? We just beat them. Ah. Oh. We just tend to pop up and beat them. They're, they're, I think, yeah, we tend to be a bogey team for them. We're, they're the team when we're going poorly, we get the one upset win against, <laughs> typically. It's you know like, what I mean? It's yeah. like Melbourne when they're really shit and they always beat us. That's exactly yes, right. Yes. Um, at 2009. Yes. Yeah. 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 Gee, that was a good day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I reckon that, that'll come on, on the uh, memories for sure. Some Essendon or AFL will post about it. Definitely. Yeah. And 
Do you remember the game when um, Tipper's in the middle of the MCG and he grabs a ball and does a spin and three Geelong... It was like he had a force yes, field. I remember this. Three Geelong players just turn around and run away from him. I remember And then that. he just, just waltz through the middle. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Was, no, uh, we, we tend to just get him. We tend to just, just beat him. But um, no, it would be interesting, this one. Uh, a lot of experience on the side of Geelong. Yeah. Um, whereas for us, you know, obviously not as much. But um, uh, yeah, I mean... As they all are, just a, learning, a good learning experience. Not to sound like uh, our man the whoosh, but uh, mm. yeah, I, I um, it'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting affair. I think um, I'm really excited to see how our backline goes on what is perhaps the most stacked forward line in the competition. Mm. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. Um, I wonder if Francis get. Oh, they him playing the VFL. So is Francis coming bit, back? Uh, Maybe, yeah. He's not injured. He's not. He's he's taking a, a stress break. He's not injured, so he he could, if he's been doing the training loads, which I imagine he has been, he'll be able to step in and play. Yeah. Well, I yeah I, I yeah. It, it just yeah. It totally depends on that. Um, Who does Francis take if he's back in Hawkins? Or Zerk. No. Oh right, you mean that regard? Mm. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting because. Hawkins, I think Stuart goes to Hawkins, and then we probably put Francis or Laverde on Cameron. Mm. I'd prefer Laverde on Rowan, I think. No, I want Lav on the Cameron. You want Lav on Cameron? Yeah. He's been taking the uh, monsters all year. uh, All right, fair enough. And then probably if... um, So then who goes to Rowan? Probably Ridley? Ridley or Zerk, yeah. Yeah, Ridley Ridley or Zerk or um, Francis. Jeez, they have a huge forward line, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's stacked. Um, I think an approach into their back line like we had against Melbourne probably serves us really well. Um, I don't think they have the pace to match our run and gun football if we can get that going. If they set up behind the ball like they tend to do, then we might be in trouble. But if they try and uh, turn it into a shootout, I think we've got enough pace to rebound. Um, yeah. I'm not... Oh, keep going. I was going to say, I think it's going to be a, a low... Sc- I think it's going to be another low-scoring affair. They... I don't think they've got any interest in playing a shootout with us. Mm. I think they'll be happy to, to just take possession... Like, that's what they'll try and do, is take possession away, uh, you know, really make us work for it and, and beat mm. us that way rather than, um, yeah, trying to just slingshot and go through the corridor and, and, and you know, really play aggressive footy. Um, I think you, I think if they keep the game low scoring though, that plays into our hands because we don't need. They're not going to get out to a big lead, and so that keeps us in the game, and we can have a, a ten minute burst that that gets us rolling. Yeah, I, I like you know as much as we sort of worked. I think Melbourne are starting to get worked out. I think teams are pretty clear that if you keep, you, if you make us build up play um, rather than have to play sort of uh, end-to-end footy. Uh, mm. That's where we struggle a little bit, mm. particularly against a really dominant backline. I mean, you know, May and Lever are hard to score against at the best of times. Um, mm. But I, I think that's something we probably struggle with is, mm. is having to build up and, you know, play long down the line or... Just hold possession. Something we've, although we actually did okay with it in patches against mm. Melbourne. But uh, yeah, I think they'll be very happy to just play no frills game, get the win, get four points, don't drop it, and mm. that's it. I um, I think our midfield now matches up pretty well with theirs. Yeah, is Danger back in for them? Uh, he played last week. Okay. Yeah, it's uh. We probably match up, yeah, quite perfectly. Um, no, I mean, I mean, their their midfield's got the runs on the board, that's for sure. But I'm, I don't fear other other teams' midfields anymore. I think they have to put work into merit and parish, and then we've got some good outside run with Ham. We you know Langford is doing a good job through there. Stringer's hard to match up with at the centre bounces. I, I think, yeah, I think we're much better placed now than we have been in previous years to match them in the midfield. 
I agree. Like in seasons past, um, our midfield was really where we were lacking. But this year, I feel like it's a big strength of ours. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got guys that are potentially in, or not potentially, are in all-Australian form. uh, And they've got guys who, you know, have been in all-Australian teams, but maybe aren't in the conversation this year. So it's an interesting, you know, it's a... Make the, you know, that's what makes it interesting. But no, you're right. The midfield battle is up for grabs. Um, and I think uh, Draper into Asava Radigalia is actually good for us. I think so. Yeah. Seems to have a little bit more football smarts than Asava, but um, probably a craftier Ruckman, I would think. Hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, and, and Draper doesn't mind drifting back if Asava wants to drift forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, no, look, it's a it's a it's a solid matchup. The, I mean, the one they get us in is probably our forward line on their back line. Um, yeah. Uh, I think no, I think their forward line is is really strong. I I have the opposite view. I think I I'm not as afraid of their back line as I am of their forward line in terms of matchups. Okay, so I'm I'm quite confident we can handle that. Forward line. I, I, I think our defense has been solid enough to handle it. We, we can get the matchups mm-hmm. right. Uh, there's no, although maybe the Rowan one worries me a bit, but uh, like if Rowan gets a quality defender in Francis or Ridley, mm. you know, that's probably the best defender he's had on him all year. So yeah, that's true. I, I'm not concerned about that one. Uh, I, I think we have the pieces to match them. I, I really mm. do. I think that I, that's how high they're right at back line. Mm. So, um, so where do we win this game? In defence, I reckon. It, I mean, it, it's we win it by kicking more goals. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had a fair point. Cause, I mean, if we can. Enter inside. I mean, that's one thing we were down on on the weekend. I think we're operating at thirty eight percent efficiency inside fifty. Um, so if we can enter inside forward fifty and get good shots on goal, and I'm, I mean, uh, we'll have to take our chances because I doubt that it'll be a high scoring affair. Um, but it's certainly one in whether or not we allow them to keep the ball off us mm. and or. Uh, if we just, I mean, logic tells me that if we do win the ball, they'll just set up behind and let us to let us play a possession game. Um, but as long as we don't let them play a possession game against us, uh, we're a we're a solid chance. Mm, I I think we win it with youthful enthusiasm. Okay. I think if we if we can, and I think we'll. That loss against Melbourne being close again to a top team and not quite getting it done, I think that'll really burn the playing group. And I think they, I don't think you'll see a more committed to the contest Essendon all year than you're going to see against Geelong. Because this is essentially our last chance this year to knock off a top four team. And, and coming a week after such a disappointing loss, when we actually performed really well, which will give us confidence... Um, I think we're. This is probably our bet. You know, I I reckon we we're going to see a a great Essendon performance. I don't know if it wins us the game, but I think we're going to see a really committed, excellent Essendon performance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now that I think about it, you know, maybe that we do have a bit of a tendency to play uh, a bit run and gun, um, just to sort of try and expose their their slow um, sort of outside presence. But because uh, they don't have they don't have the speed. Like they they recruited Isaac Smith specifically for that role. Everyone else in their their midfield are good midfielders, but they're plotters. They don't have the pace from the contest. Um, Will Snelling is going to come back in, give us a little bit more forward pressure, but they haven't got that ability to to get on the outside and and run with it. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. So maybe that's where we we do get them. Is just if we can. I mean, look in all football, you've got to control the ball. Um, mm. Yeah, that's a premise of any sort of game style and it's always has been always will be you've got to control the ball um but i think that's how we do it is, is we try and up the tempo of the game 
mm-hmm. um, by taking risks and, and and really you know looking to spread hard and move it quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you, you make a fair point that, that that's probably where they're the weakest and where we should look to expose them. Mm-hmm. And I think we will. I really, I think we will. Um, but yeah, yeah, interesting to see how we defend if we try and play them at their own game. If they want to play possession, we'll set up back or whether we press up and just really hound them. Well, I'm not sure because GMHBA is quite narrow. So okay. I think you can you can actually put numbers behind the ball really effectively um, and you don't have the space on the wings. And so using the corridor, if we can use the corridor really well, get the ball over the top, then I think our pace will, will really pay off. Um, but it actually suits us in that we can get numbers behind the ball if they're trying to um, control the contest. But their skills are better than ours, or they have been, certainly, this year. Yeah, and quietly, we'll put him just quietly, but Will Snelling is a massive, that is a massive in for us. Mm. I agree. Um, I think we've really noticed the um, the difference with him not playing the last few weeks. Just, yeah, in the forward line and that forward pressure. Well, yeah. he's, he's, he's one of our best kicks in the whole team, delivering inside forward 50. He's a great set shot, and he's pressure, you know. Um I, I think keep Devin Smith in his role, bring Will Snelling in, and suddenly our forward line with those three, including Tipper, has some real pace and mongrel about it. It's dynamic. Who goes, out, really like Who goes yeah. out for Will Snelling? Uh, let's. Well, it might be Guelphy. Could be Guelphy. Could be Nick Cox. Might be due a rest. Like there's there's a few. Yeah, um, I think could be um, Waterman. I'd be, I think it'd be silly to be Waterman, but yeah. could be Waterman. Oh, it could be. Yeah, it could even be Waterman. Yeah, you might be right. Um, if you, uh, I've spoken about this in previous weeks. If you go on to the AFL app uh, and you can look at player averages, at least a few weeks ago, Snelling, and it will bring up like six categories mm. for the player um, and like the, the highest they rank in. Um, he was like four out of his six were elite. Mm. Uh, I think they were, you know, around pressure and tackle and kicking Mm. efficiency, disposal efficiency. Um, So he, like, to rank in those categories, like, that's his role, right? He's going to have limited Mm. limited touches, but when he does touch it, we need him to be efficient with it because, you know, he's going Mm. forward. Um, And we need his pressure and his his tackle pressure to be up there. So he is actually ranked, for his role, He the argument could be made that he's probably one of the best in the competition at what Mm. he does. Yeah. Now he'll never get an All Australian nomination for that, or recognised in Brownlow votes, or even probably even Best and Fairest votes, or you know anything like that. But at what he does, he's potentially the one of the best in the competition. Mm. Yeah, I I would agree with that in terms of playing his role. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. There, so he's I he's think, massive. I think there's also potential for a Dylan Shield to return. That was the talk a couple of weeks ago. So. Okay. Um. That would be another massive in for us, another pacey player to come through. But I'm not. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. What's has today? He, has he played today. any um, VFL games? I don't think he'll come back through the VFL. I think once you don't he's think he's fit, missed a lot of no. footy. Yeah, I don't think he'll play VFL. I think once he's ready to play, they'll bring him in. Wow, interesting. Yeah, but be, he may not be ready. Yeah, we'll, we'll get I an update would, tomorrow. I'd be really interested to see that if he if that's what they actually do. Mm. Um, I'm just looking at the um, the injury. What what did um what happened to Dylan Clark? I I think it's a an ankle or something. Oh yeah, it says ankle. TBC estimated return. Dylan Shiel. It says one to two weeks. Will Snelling one to two weeks. Oh, this is from that's last week. A- Sorry, this is from the 22nd of June from the AFL app. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So um, potentially this one not- next week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's not far away. Um, he's listed on the Bombers website as short term. So and so is Will Snelling, and they say Willing, Will Snelling will be right to play this week. So Shield's not far away. Hmm. Um. So we've got, and then the rest on the injury list are McGrath, Hurley, Caldwell, Mosquito, and Kane Baldwin. Who, who is this Kane Baldwin? I've never heard of him until I just looked at this injury list. He's a key forward that. He has done two knee injuries in in his two draft years. He was all Australian or South Australian captain under yeah, 16, 16 level, yeah. and then has just been injured the rest of the time. So the talent is certainly there. 
Um, it's just whether he can get his body right and get on the park. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So, I yeah, I agree. I think if we can get our game and get some run and gun, I think we'll, we'll be a chance. Otherwise, we will struggle. I'm so excited for Friday night footy. Mm. Mm. Love a Friday night match, but that usually means I get super excited and it's disappointing. Yeah, you get home from work and then you just get rolled. Yeah. Mm. So, we'll see. We'll see. Mm. Well, guys, th- thanks for uh, joining me on this Monday night. We'll... Uh, get this podcast edited and, and get it out to the fans, all three of them. Mm, yeah. yeah. No, it's good. I thought it was, it was a fantastic start. We're off to a flyer. So, oh, I and reckon. Done, done within the hour. So. Oh, we've good. just ticked over 14 seconds. So not quite. All right. Cut it up. So, cut it up. Cut. <laughs> so we've. Uh, Stop the clock. <laughs> so follow us on, uh, on Spotify and Instagrams and all that kind of stuff. Apple Podcasts. Give yeah. us give a five-star give... review. All that. And, um, Three meter Peter, please DM us. We still yeah, want to we know wanna, who you are. You, who you? We want to know who you really are with your burner account, Three Meter Peter. It's like a game of cat and mouse. Oh, do you know what? It's kin. It must be. I must reckon be it's Kinsley. kin. The nah. the irony, you know, because he's not quite three meters he himself. Know how to edit the photos. <laughs> who kin? Yeah. I reckon it's kin. If it's it you, kin. Be. Let us know. You found out. You found out. out. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Until next time. Go Bombers. Go Dons. Ciao.